Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. Today we will be opening up the Salt and Light Hope Chest and pulling out some of our favorite conversations from early 2016. We start by revisiting the Pope's trip to Mexico. Delia Trueba gives us her highlights and singer-songwriter Tony Melendez shares what it's like to be playing at an event in El Paso, Texas, across the border from where the Pope was visiting. In our second half hour, we learn all about praying novenas from John Paul Deddens, and we reconnect with singer-songwriter Josh Blakesley. We begin now in Mexico. Now, as you know by now, because you've been listening to this program, if you didn't know already, Pope Francis made his first visit to Mexico last week. It was a busy week with liturgies and gatherings in five different locations throughout the country, and he made a point to reach out to those who are marginalized. Now, to tell us more, I'm now joined by Delia Trueba. She's an educator and art therapist and also a family life advocate in Mexico. She spent most of the week offering commentary on one of the local Mexican TV networks. And we reached her in Mexico City earlier this week. Delia, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. Thank you very much. I'm delighted to be with you. So, how are you feeling? Oh, very excited. It's been so rich, all these visits, so varied, the different places that Pope chose to visit, and so meaningful. So, we're trying to decipher the message from the things he said the speeches, and especially the, the gestures. Now, all the symbols that you can see from the places he's seen, right. the, um, to, you know, the hugs, the kisses, yes. the, the reaching out to people, which I think is uh, the most important part of the message. Interesting. You know, I've, I've heard someone say that yesterday, too, that it's not so much what he's saying, but where he's going and what he's doing. So tell me a little bit more about that. Exactly. I think a great part of the message is the places where he's going. Some people wondered why. You know, people expected for him to be longer in the capital city, Mexico City. Yeah. But I think the meaningful part is that he's always spoken about reaching out you know, to the periphery. Yes. The places that are, are kind of forgotten or in crisis. Or, or in Mexico, places that are violent, you know, yes. um, that where drug dealing is, is happening right now. So choosing these places from north to south yes. uh, is very meaningful, and it says a lot in itself. And then comes the part no, where, where he speaks to the family. Yes. Uh, he's going to speak to the migrants you know, in, in a few minutes, Yes. to the people who are in jail. It is, I think, it's a way of reaching out and of saying, I want to be close to everyone, no? N- not to the... I need to find, uh, at the end, that's uh, the message of Jesus, no? I want to reach out especially to the most wounded. Yeah. Now, and that's, I, I'm sorry, that's, I think that's the message from the Year of Mercy, no? Uh, of so course. The time when he's doing it is also very important. Of course, of course. May, um, can I maybe ask you, I don't know if you can't tell me because you don't know for sure, but why do you think Pope Francis wanted to go to Mexico in the first place? Well, Mexico's been insisting, you know, because Mexico is always expecting Pope's visit. Yes. We've been spoiled. Yes, <laughs> I know. By John Pope II, he spoiled us. He came many, many times. So people in Mexico were expecting him, and he knew it. Yes. But also, it's a country with such a large Catholic community. Yeah. 80-something percent of people in Mexico are Catholic. Yes. And also, I think the Pope sees this country as 
um, a Latin American country that are very close to other countries like the U.S., no? Uh -huh. So it's an influence to other countries. No, it's very Latin American okay. culture, but also influential to, to other cultures. Yeah. Now, I know you've been busy doing commentary for, for one of the networks, uh, but did you get a chance to go to any events or see him in person at all? Only to the Basilica. Oh, in Guadalupe. Yes, at the Basilica I was supposed to be in one of the, um, of the TV channels commenting. Yes. But security was so tough. It was, it was I mean, you, you couldn't access the places, even if you were uh, a journalist or something. So I, uh, I tried to reach to the, to the TV network yeah. and wasn't able to. Military stopped me. Yes. And I couldn't go there to comment. The priest that was commenting there, he had to stay the whole day. Because I, I wasn't able to reach the place. Oh, my so gosh. So I think the, the security has been extreme. Maybe too much. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think too much. So I was at the Basilica. I stayed at the... What do we call the vallas, where people line up on yes. the street? Yes, yes. Cheer him up. So I stayed at one of the vallas and, and saw him pass by. And I could listen to the mass in the microphones and the world, the big screen. Yes. So I could somehow be present at the mass. It was very interesting to be at the Raya, you know? With the people, yes. You, you could hear people cheering him up. For me, it was quite an experience. And one of the, the things people shouted no, uh, was, who is the, the best? No, who's the main person here? In Mexico, we say the mero mero. No, uh -huh. it's a common saying. Who is the mero mero, like the big chief? And people would, would answer, Jesus is. The uh -huh. middle, middle, no? Interesting. He's a big chief. And, and I thought that was very meaningful because people finally knew very long towards the Pope, but we know the message he's giving us, it's not his message, it's Jesus' message. Yes. And he said he would come to, to make us remember how much Jesus loves us. Yes. Now, did anything uh, in the visit surprise you at all that you weren't expecting? Yes. I think what surprised me most was two things. One, uh, all the and the time given to people to tell their, their stories, no? with the family, yes. with the people who are in prison. People have been encouraged to tell their stories, and the book has been listening very, very uh, patiently. Yes. That surprised me. I don't know if that had been the dynamics in other districts. And other thing that surprised me is all the moments he's taken to have a few minutes of silence yes. or to pray together. Yes. No? Everywhere he's gone, he's asked people to stop, to pray, and in a very simple way, if you want to say it that way, as if he were with children, you know, he asks us to, to say Holy Mary, Hail Mary, I'm sorry, to, um, to pray together, to ask for God's guidance. You know, just a few minutes, I think, for people who were wondering, how can we pray, you know, is it too hard for me? Yes. It's been a great answer, you know, from a, from a shepherd that says, it's easy to pray, Yeah, that's true. That's true. Now, is there any one moment or something that he said that you think you're going to remember forever? I think the moment when he encountered the family. Uh huh. Maybe because I'm a wife and mother of five kids. Yes. And this encounter with the family really shook me. Yes. And listening to the to all the testimonies, you know, the, the different hardships that families have to to affront. No, the, the way that they find light in their face. And especially this message that families are not perfect. We sometimes get discouraged because we think, oh, my family's not perfect. We're going through this and that. No, I, I'm not like the pattern that the Catholic Church wants. And then you listen to these testimonies and see that all families are different. 
No, we, we all find different situations that we haven't planned. Yeah. But we're doing our best, and, and Jesus reaches out to us and, and wants to help us and wants to, to hold our hands and guide us. I think that's something that, that really, really shook me, listening to those testimonies, and seeing the Pope being so interested and, yes. and so merciful with these people. Yes, he was. I was especially moved by the couple who were, who said that they were, they, she was divorced and they had remarried outside of the church because they couldn't marry in the church, but they made their communion, comulgamos a través de los enfermos. We, we make our communion with, with the sick and with the needy, mm -hmm. and I thought that was a very powerful, uh, especially coming from the Synod of, of Families last year. Um, what do you think the people of Mexico can take away from this visit? What's, what's going to, the next okay. I think, and mostly I hope, that many people in Mexico will come back to the church. I mean, in an active way. Yes. No, because there are lots of people who have been baptized, but who don't go to mass regularly, or who haven't been to confession in a long time. Yes. And I think it's an invitation to, hey, come back. No, you're part of the church. It doesn't matter what you've been through. No? Mm -hmm. This is a year of mercy. And I think it's an invitation to come back, no, to... to Maybe take my family to Mass and say, hey, there, there was something meaningful, meaningful yeah. here, no? It was not just an obligation. It was a way to, to shed light in our lives. If people respond to that invitation in Mexico, I think it's, it's going to be a visit that we'll never forget, and, and it's going to be a, a big impact to our church. Mm -hmm. Well, we pray for that, and it's been good because the whole world has been praying with and for Mexico this past week. Delia, thank you very much for sharing a little bit of your insights today and for being with us. I know you're, you've been busy this week. Thank you. Thank you. I've been very happy to be with you. Thanks. Delia Trueba is an educator and specializes in human development. She has a private practice in art therapy and works with women who struggle with difficult pregnancies. She's also a member of Catholic Voices for Mexico, and she's a wife and mother of five children. We reached her in Mexico City earlier this week. Here now is our featured artist of the week, Tony Melendez, with Despedida from his album Never Be the Same. Solo y pesado 
That was Tony Melendez with Despedida, which means the goodbye, from his album Never Be the Same. Now, if you don't already know, Tony Melendez was born in Nicaragua. He was the son of a woman who was given the drug thalidomide to help calm morning sickness. This caused him, as it did many thousands of babies, to be born with uh, various deformities. And Tony was born without arms. But Tony is an accomplished singer and songwriter and guitar player. He plays guitar with his feet. This past week, he played at a special concert in Texas near where Pope Francis was about to celebrate Mass in Ciudad Juarez, Mexico. And we reached Tony Melendez earlier this week in El Paso. Tony, how are you? Good to have you back on the program. Well, what a pleasure to be talking with you. I'm excited. I'm here getting ready to last night do the sound check at the Sun Bowl and the, the Pope is at maybe 30-minute drive from here, 45 minutes the most. Okay, okay, and, uh, yeah, so, so let me ask you about that. It, it's Wednesday morning. People are not going to hear this interview till, till the weekend, but it's Wednesday morning. You're in uh-huh. Texas, in El Paso, but you said the Pope is about 30 minutes away, so that's for people who are not really familiar with the geography. You, it sounds like you're in Mexico. <laughs> I'm almost there. I'm still on the U.S. side. El Paso is... Um, you know, right at the border, you know, there's, you could see, you know, when you're driving on the interstate, you could actually see uh, Mexico just driving from uh, Interstate 10. And right. I'm very close, you know, to literally, I think he's yeah. less than 30 minutes and uh, where the mass is going to be and where he's staying, all that fun stuff. Right. Now, and, and the word El Paso means the, the path. I, I, is that where most uh, Mexicans or migrants are crossing the border into the United States? Is that a very common... Uh, is that why it, it's one of the stops? Uh, you know, it's one of the entry points. But there's, you know, quite a few. Uh, you know, from yeah. California to Texas, there's, there's, I don't, I don't know, a good, maybe even seven yeah. or more. Okay, and and again, for people who've never been there, uh, can you describe what that border looks like? Is it? I mean, I know the border between Canada and the United States is very friendly looking, but uh, this one's quite different, isn't it? Yeah, this one uh, used to be. You go over there, it's nice, you can enjoy, um, but for the last probably seven, eight years-ish, um, there's been a, a huge problem with the drug cartel. Yeah. Um, it's gotten very dangerous, you know. Uh, you know, it, it it got very rough, you know, especially people hurting each other, yeah. killing each other. Uh, so it, it, it has not been a safe place. It's gotten better, I would say, in the last three years. Yeah. You know, thank God, because there was a lot of killing going on. Yeah. Um, but, you know, now it's to the point where people are starting slowly to get over there, and some of the, 
the danger has calmed down. Right. Now, I know that you, you mentioned that you were doing the sound check at the Sun Bowl. So the Sun Bowl is a stadium in El Paso. There's going to be an event today prep where people can gather and watch the Mass. The Mass with the Pope is going to be on the Mexican side in Ciudad Juarez, correct? Right, correct. And then um, yeah. is the idea that we're trying to encourage uh, Texans or people on the U.S. side to not be right at the border? Could they see the Mass if they were right at the border? I don't, I don't think so. No. It's not one of those. He's, he's not going to be in a spot where, you know, you could be up on the window looking, oh, there he is, you no. know, from okay. the U.S. side. Right. You really, I believe, have to be in Mexico to really so, see. So the event that you're going to be playing at, can you tell us a little bit about what that event is going to be like? Yeah, it's a, it's a six-hour. We'll be there wow. uh, starting at about noon to about 6 o'clock in the evening. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be watching what the Pope does, for sure the Mass, you know, the uh, will be, uh, you know, simul class with him yeah. for the Mass and, and some of the stuff that he's doing, some of the things he's doing. Right. And then kind of on when they kind of break away from the simulcast, uh, they're going to have Colin Ray, which is a country singer. Yes, yeah, we've had him um, in this myself. program. Yeah. Um, Good. There's going to be all kinds of dancers and uh, a, a few other singers, too, that are part of this event. Yeah. And it's going to be a beautiful day. It sounds like they got a lot going on there. Yeah, it, it does. I was looking at the program earlier. Um, it, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's called Two Nations or something like that. Is it this idea that it is the two nations, the, the, the United States and the Mexico, coming together? Yeah. Are there a lot of it's, Mexicans it's living in Texas? Two Tex- Nations, One Faith. Two Nations, One Faith. so close to the border. You yeah. Know, that's why they called it Two Nations, One Faith. Okay, two nations. Is there, I mean, again, I, we're a little ignorant about the, 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 the logistics of Texas. Um, I know that there are a lot of Mexicans who live in Texas, but probably not recent Mexicans, but, you know, Mexicans have been there for generations because Texas used to be part of Mexico. So is, is, yes. there, it, it, do you th- is this concert, I know you sing in both languages. Will you be singing in Spanish? Do you think there's going to be a lot of yes. sort of Spanish-speaking? Uh, I'll, I'll be speaking, speaking Spanglish. Spanglish, that's the best, uh, the yes. best kind. Good. So, but being on the U.S. side, U.S. side, I mean, I would say it's going to be primarily in uh, in English. But yeah. you know, it'll be very bilingual. You know, anytime the Pope really has spoken, it sounds like he's speaking more in in Spanish. Yes, he is. So that way, the the locals, the ones that you know, they, they live here in the U.S. They they look totally like they're from you know Latin America, but some some, especially the kids, hardly even speak uh, English. Some of them. Really? This area really has a, a big slew of uh, people that speak 100% Spanish and English. So really? It's a blessing to know the two languages. Yeah, absolutely. So it'll be good to, for you to be there and be able to, to, to do your, your music in both languages. Um, this is part of what you do now. You travel around. You, you do events. Um, uh, in fact, when, when this program airs, you're going to be here in my parish on Saturday, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, and we're looking we're, forward to being there. We're looking very forward to having you you play at our parish. Uh, everybody's very excited. Um, how has your ministry changed, maybe in the last couple years, uh, or do you feel that you're still, you know, the itinerant singer songwriter, bringing that message of hope that that mission that Pope John Paul Saint John Paul II gave you, oh, what thirty years ago now? Yeah, um, I would say it hasn't changed. Uh, in a big way, you know, I'm still doing a lot of music, yeah. um, concerts, uh, from schools to, you know, 
churches to even the corporate world has invited me to yeah. be part of, you know, uh, some of their events. You know, I've been at, you know, I yeah. would say that the newer kind of thing uh, that's happening right now is I've had it for a while. It's called Tony Melendez Ministries, and I'm yeah. eventually wanting to get to a level where I could help the youth or help disabled or yeah. take mission trips. So, oh, yeah. you know, that's the new. So how would that work? You, you, you would actually go on mission trips with people who have various uh, abilities? Yes. Uh, mainly right now, we, I've been taking college students. Yeah. Uh, and we've been to Mexico. Uh, this was when, you know, years ago when it was a little better to be able to, we actually would drive. Yeah. Uh, into a small area called Vigido uh, Santa Maria. Uh-huh. And we would uh, paint. Yeah. Fix buildings, whatever we can do, you know, any kind of service okay. kind of project. And then drive back home. And, you know, the, nice. it was a, just a mission trip with the college students. Right. Uh, and we actually, they would actually live right in the homes of people. We put nice. maybe two students per home or if they could only really house one, just one. Right. So it was a beautiful trip. And is it specifically for people who have physical uh, disabilities or is it open to anyone? No, no, no. This The, the mission trip is mainly for any abled abled body you know, person. we're doing service uh, and, and are you talking to the people that actually go with me yes yeah this is strictly any able body okay you know because it's lifting it's labor it's, right it's, exactly it's, you know it's heavy so yeah but you know in the future to be able to help the disabled I've, I've been uh, just had a contact with a organization out in Jamaica it's called the mustard seed oh yes and it's a, uh, you know, I'm sure some of you heard of it. Yeah. It, you know, it's people totally abandoned. Uh-huh. And in the future, I want to take groups out there to help them or do something here to send a crate or to send money, uh, supplies they might need. So that, that's that's another project in the making that I just went just uh, about three weeks ago to Jamaica. Yeah. A 24-hour, you know, people think, oh, he's going to Jamaica, you know, I'm going to have rum punch and <laughs> go enjoy the water and the beach. Come back with braids. We were there 24 yeah. hours. Wow. There was a group of about 25 people, uh, mainly from Maryland, um, and it was all to see how we could help. Yeah. So they, we toured about three or four of their facilities. Yeah. And you know, that's what I'd like to do in the future, kind of help those kind of entities with uh, Tony Molina's ministry. Okay, that's good to know. Okay, Tony, I'm going to let you go because I know you have to go get your vocal cords ready, um, uh, <laughs> get your uh, toes ready for picking. And, uh, All right. <laughs> um, uh, but I'll, uh, once I let you go, I'm going to let everybody know how they can reach you and where they can find uh, more about Tony Melendez Ministries, and uh, maybe we can help you get those uh, mission trips going. And, All right. And well, I'll, we're looking forward to being up there in Canada. Absolutely. I'll see you on Saturday. Take care. Bye-bye. Have fun All today. All right, brother. Take care. All right. Bye. That was a conversation I had with Tony Melendez earlier this week. Tony is actually in Canada next week playing concerts in Belleville, Ontario. You can get more details about this and about Tony Melendez Ministries at Tony's website, TonyMelendez.com. Here now is Tony Melendez with a song that he wrote for another pope, St. John Paul II. My dear young friends, and this song is featured on the World Youth Day 2002 souvenir album, Light of the World. Dear young friends, I pray that your faith in Christ will always be lively and strong. This way, 
you will always be ready to tell others the reason for your hope. You will be messengers of hope for the world. Listening to Tony Melendez with My Dear Young Friends. This is a special edition of the Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. Check out our website at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. Welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. Now, I did not grow up praying novenas, although I did know what they were and I knew people who prayed them. Last year, I decided to pray a novena to St. Therese, and I started looking online for a good one to do, and I found PrayMoreNovenas.com, 
and I loved it. So I joined, and since then, I've prayed several novenas. This is really strange for me because I don't pray novenas, but I do now with their guidance. And to tell us more, I'm now joined by John Paul Deddens, who's the founder and uh, the founder, and I guess he runs uh, the Pray More Novenas. John Paul, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. Yes. So first of all, for people who, who really have no idea what we're talking about, what is a novena? Well, a novena is a... Uh it's kind of a, an unofficial devotion in the church, yeah. And uh, it's it's really ancient. It goes back um, to uh, the time of the apostles. And, okay. Uh, the the word novena actually uh, comes from the Latin word for nine. So uh-huh. it's, a, it's a set of prayers that you say for, uh, for pray nine. for nine days. Uh huh. Um, usually leading up to a a feast day. Like a feast day, yeah. but. They can also be prayed uh, for various purposes. You know, maybe you're preparing for your wedding, so you could pray oh, a novena leading nice. up to your wedding. Or, yes. uh, you know, something that's, that's really uncommon now, but used to be more common, would be a novena that was kind of for mourning after somebody passed away. Okay, uh, yes. For nine pray days. a novena for nine days after the after death. After the death. Um, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to ask, I'm glad you mentioned that it was such an ancient, because I was going to ask you where that tradition came from. Do you know more? You said it dates to the time of the apostles. Why were people praying for yeah, nine well, days? You think that it would be seven days. Yeah, so um, this is kind of interesting because it doesn't quite jump out at you no. as a nine-day thing when you're reading the Acts of the Apostles. But in, in Acts of the Apostles, the Apostles go up to the upper room to pray yeah. after Jesus ascends, uh-huh. and they're awaiting the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. Yeah, And so um, so, so Pentecost means the 50th day. That's, yes. That's what yeah. the word means, Pentecost, the 50th day. And so they go up there on... Um, on the f- yeah, after the four- the forty yeah. days. Yeah. So then there are nine ah. days of prayer. So there's in between. There's nine days between Ascension Thursday and Pentecost Sunday, essentially, right? Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. where it comes from. I did not know that. That's that's totally cool. See, here in Canada, we usually move Ascension, the Feast of the Ascension, to the Sunday. So this whole Ascension Thursday thing, I don't know if if most can, I didn't <laughs> never knew that until I you know was in the states and they were talking about Ascension Thursday. But okay, so that makes sense. So nine days, okay. So now, is there a sense that then you pray, like let's say when I was praying, doing the novena for St. Therese, which is the one I mentioned earlier, um, that that instead of just praying a lot on the feast day, <laughs> I kind of <laughs> split it up into nine, <laughs> nine days. Like, is, is there mm-hmm. something, do you think, that's beneficial for us uh, in our spiritual journey? to kind of spread it out over a period of time rather than just focusing it all on one day. Uh, yeah. Well, we're, you know, we're, we're in Lent right now. Right. And uh, I, think, I think that's a good example of this where it's very important that we do things to prepare. You right. Know? Um, where, you know, Advent, Lent, um, the nine days that they were praying in the upper room waiting for the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, there's this, this thing in, in the modern world that, think we're often lacking where uh we just want it now we want to yeah you know we want we want the instant gratification or yeah fast food yeah get it done exactly and move on right uh whereas uh preparations i I can tell you exactly why (laughs) (laughs) but clearly um god wants us to have that period of of preparation for um improving our spiritual life and and uh you know looking forward to 
feast day or Absolutely, yeah. uh, whatever it is we're going yeah. towards. So why did you and your wife Annie decide to start this Pray More Novenas service? Well, it's, it's kind of a funny story, actually. Um, like like you, I didn't grow up praying Novenas, uh-huh. um, but uh, in college, I, I had tried a few Novenas, and uh, basically... I'm I'm not very disciplined, you know. I'd, I'd get to like day three or so, <laughs> right? Yes. And I would forget, Done. and then I'd be, uh, you know, miss a few days in there, and I'd feel bad about the whole thing. You know, the yeah. Catholic guilt would kick in. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I, it just kind of ended up being a bad experience. So I didn't really like praying novenas. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, yeah, um, asked me to pray. A novena with her, and uh, I'm forgetting which novena it was. It's the one early, um, the Marian feast day early in December. Uh, um, uh, the Immaculate Conception. Yes, yes, yes. Sorry, Immaculate Conception novena. December. And yeah. her friends were praying it, and she wanted me to uh-huh. join her. And I actually I turned her down really? because of this. Yeah. No. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Yep. I said, you know, I've, I've never had good experiences praying novenas. I always forget, you know. Right. Like, you go ahead and do it. I, no thanks. You know. Uh-huh. And after I did that, you know, I was thinking to myself, you know, I'm dating this girl. I should want to pray with her. You know, I yeah. should, this isn't a good reason to mm-hmm. to turn her down. And that was just in my head. And I, I started thinking, you know, there are probably other people who have this problem, which it turns out there yeah. are. Yes, um, there are. And uh, so I, I set up a website and. Uh, kind of spread the word that we were going to do a novena uh, for Christmas yeah, uh, for an end to abortion. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, so did that and had a really, really great response. I think on our first novena, there were um, just under a thousand people. Wow. Yeah. How many people uh, have joined just, now? Do you know how many people have joined now? Uh, I haven't checked in the last few days, but I, I think we're at about... Um, Almost two hundred and fifty thousand. That's amazing. And so basically, you you set it up. So when I joined in, so then I get an an email when the novena is coming up, and then I'll get an email every day of the novena with the novena prayer. So it's really really easy for me. Right. Really simple. And that that was kind of one of the things when I thought of this that, that hit me that I was thinking, you know, I sit here all day checking my email, right, know, for work or for what you know whatever, and um, I can't remember to pray but i'm staring at my email yeah you know, many times yeah. throughout the day so that that kind of came together that you know a lot of people check their email every day or 50 times a day or yeah, whatever of course uh so yeah i think it's it, it's convenient and it kind of breaks up um you know the the work day for people like kind of intrudes into their yeah. uh you know the email inbox is so often uh, a place of chaos and of things demanding your time, mm-hmm. uh, and it's so nice to be able to see in there next to those things um, causing stress and demanding your time, Yeah, uh, something that's bringing you into prayer. Absolutely. And and so then you, or you and Annie, do you, where do you get the prayers? Do you make them up, or do you get them from somewhere else? Yeah, so most of them um, I write, uh-huh. and uh, for, for most of the novenas, Annie will write the the intentions yeah. at, the, at the beginning. So. You know what? I actually compliment you on that because I've found, and I'm a deacon, and I sometimes find, especially when you're pl- praying for healing, like the one for, for Our Lady of Lourdes that, that you did recently, 
um, you're playing mm-hmm. for healing and, and there's, I mean, you know, to have a different focus every day for nine days and then, as, and the, and the prayers keep kind of adding to each, to each other. And so that by the end of the nine days, you, you have nine intentions that you've prayed for. I, I think it's, it's so good and so helpful. Um, I, we're almost out of time and I don't want to leave you without talking about this new, this new venture that you're doing. Tell us about the pray Pray More Retreat. Well, with Pray More Novenas, um, you know, novenas are, are a great devotion, but it's not really a full prayer life. You know, there's so much more. Yeah. And so we we found that, you know, we had all these people from around the world, many of whom, um, you know, this was a core part of their prayer life, doing these novenas together. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted to help them go deeper and to learn more about prayer and to learn to pray more. And in, in other ways, mm-hmm. and so we decided to create this, you know, pray more retreat. Not that creative of a title, you know, very direct, <laughs> but it, uh, it is what it is. Our uh, yep, our patron saint is uh, Saint Teresa of Avila. Nice, and uh, she is uh, a doctor of the church, and she's regarded for many things, but but one of which is for her writings on yeah. prayer. Um, so we actually have combined a, a novena. To Saint Teresa of Avila, with the with the retreat, and the okay. retreat is um, video presentations uh-huh. online. We have sixteen presentations, uh-huh. and uh, you can just go to PrayMoreRetreat.com and and sign up and participate in the retreat at your own pace. So it's the same kind uh, of. De- be, is it the same sort of idea that you get email messages, or do you have to keep going back to the website as you do the the retreat? So y- you will get the. Uh, the email messages for the novena, uh-huh. and then yeah, um, okay. for the retreat, uh, you'll get um, access to all the uh, the prayers. So you'll have to go back for okay, those. Good. But uh, we'll have a have a link to those in the uh, right. In each but because day it's not but because it's not a novena, if you skip a day, it doesn't matter. You can still go back the next day and continue at your own pace. Right. And, right. <laughs> and and for anybody listening, um, this is going to be up all of Lent, and you okay, won't yeah. miss the novena because we're not leading up to right. a particular feast day. It's once you sign up, it triggers the novena right. for you. So we're not necessarily doing it all together, right? Uh, but you won't miss out on it, so you can still okay. Join in. That's really good. Thank you so much for doing that. I, I I don't know what else you do because I'm sure this takes a lot of your time. But thank you uh, to you and Annie <laughs> yeah. for for doing this. Um, that's all the time we have, You're John welcome. Paul. But I'm going to let you go, and uh, I hope that uh, you get another two hundred thousand people joining in because they're listening to this program. Yeah, thank you. How's that? All right. Take care and God bless. God bless. John Paul Deddens and his wife Annie founded and run Pray More Novenas, the original novena reminder. You can find out more and join at PrayMoreNovenas.com. You can also join the Pray More Retreat at PrayMoreRetreat.com. And of course, you can also find uh, all of this on Facebook and Twitter. Here now is our featured artist of the week, Josh Blakesley with Here at the Cross from his album, Even in This.
That was the Josh Blakesley Band with Here at the Cross from their new album, Even in This. The mission of the Josh Blakesley Band is very simple, to make music that moves people into prayer and action. And I think that they're doing a good job so far. The Josh Blakesley Band has released five albums, and you may have heard about their last one, You Are the Light, when Josh was last on this program. Their latest album from last year which we've been listening to, even in this, is a testament to the band's mission. And to tell us more, I am now joined by Josh Blakesley. Josh, welcome back to the Salt and Light Hour. Hey, thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Um, so, correct me if I'm wrong, but is this your first independent album? Um, it is actually, uh, it's actually my second okay, cause independent your f- album. Right, so your first one was independent, but this is the first one that you've crowdfunded, correct? That's right. Yeah, this is the first one that we actually went out. We did a Kickstarter for it, and uh, and and got got the fans to to really support this this record financially. And uh, that was a huge, that was a tremendous experience. I mean, just yeah. I mean, very humbling, um, but also very beautiful. Just to just to see the support that we've got from people who listen to the music. It's very rewarding, and it really kind of encourages and affirms the the work that we're doing uh, in music mm-hmm. ministry. So, yeah. No, I, I, I think, yeah, I think crowdfunding is great. I mean, people, to know that people want the, the album and that they're willing to put money up front, that's great. And that's it's, right. a, it's a great formula. Um, but what else would you say is different about this album for you, though? Well, um, a lot of things. I mean, uh, of course, there was the, the crowdfunding thing, and it, it really it really made like a... Uh, a, a self-interest. Uh, our investment in it was was huge because mm-hmm. uh, because we began with that crowdfunding thing, and it, it really made us feel like okay, well, we have a responsibility to these people now that, to make the best record that right. we've ever made. And, right. and we really, I mean, I really felt feel like you know we poured our our songwriting hearts into this. We poured our uh, from the recording standpoint, the tracking, the music that we played, the parts that we came up with on each song. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, right down to the overdubs and the people who we who we chose to to play the extra parts on this record. It's um, right. You know, it was just such a huge investment from you know from uh, from our mental and 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 just our desire to really make it the best that right. it can be. You know. Um, yeah. How does that work? Because I know that uh, I mean, you are Josh Blakesley, but I think you're very clear. It's always saying, you know, we are the Josh Blakesley band, and there's, you know, it's the four right. of you. So, how does that work? Do you all collaborate with with composing or writing music, or how does that work? We do. Um, I've been the principal songwriter for uh, for a long time. I mean, songwriting is just kind of a love and a um, and and a gift that I feel like comes from God, and yeah. it's something that I try to return on a regular basis by just spending time. Uh, getting better at it and diving into it, you mm-hmm. know, and um, but over the years, you know, uh, traveling with with three other guys, and you know, it becomes like family, and mm-hmm. uh, and of course, they're musicians and and songwriters in their own right, and so uh, there's a natural, I think, um, inclination towards writing together, and uh, you know, we spend so much time together, and we'll, you know, we have sound checks together, and there's yeah. these, you know, just these spur of the moment kind of jam sessions that start to happen on a couple of chords and then we right. go, hey, wait a minute, that should be a song. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah of course. So, so uh, you know, so we try to remember those things and then turn them into songs later. So even in this has songs that I wrote on my own, songs that I collaborated with other songwriters from mm-hmm. Nashville who are friends and really, you know, have some really great songs, uh, Sarah Hart, Michael Farron. Yeah. 
who have written for for and with lots of great artists, uh, Mia Fields and people like that. Right. But then there's also songs that, that we wrote as a band as yeah, well. Yeah, that's cool. So, so why why the title, even in this? I mean, I know that's one of the tracks, but where does that come from? Yeah. Yeah, we, we actually we went back and forth on that for a long time. Uh, Hope Comes Alive is one of the songs on the yeah. album, and it's... Um, it, it you know that that song for a long time we 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 toyed with the idea of making that the title track mm-hmm. uh, just because there's a spirit of you know there's kind of a positive spirit behind the idea of you know hope coming alive yeah, of and course. that song is really a gathering song it's yeah. about getting people excited and and welcoming God into a room you know so that we can uh, worship mm-hmm. um, but we ultimately decided on even in this uh, because the song was born out of uh, kind of some personal events that happened amongst the band and, okay. and with uh, particularly with um, with our guitar player he he lost his their firstborn child um, to uh, a disorder called trisomy 18 hmm. and um, it she was actually born and she lives for about a month and uh, and then she and then she died she passed away and it was totally unexpected and um, they didn't know while uh, they were pregnant that that this was going to happen. So obviously they were devastated. And mm-hmm. the song, even in this, uh, I went to Nashville and and wrote with um, with a few songwriter friends of mine and just kind of explained the situation and how, as a parent, to lose someone, uh, to lose a child, um, you know, how do you come back from that? How do you how do you keep your faith? How do you how do you look at God and say? why do things like this happen? I still want to believe you. I still want to believe in you. I still want to be faithful to you despite this terrible thing that's happened in my life. How do you do that, you know? Um, And the song really speaks into that, like how do we have faith even in this, even in the darkest of times, even Mm -hmm. in the hardest parts of our lives, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so ultimately it was just so personal we decided to make that the uh, the title of the album as well. Yeah, no, it's a a very moving story, and it's a beautiful song. I... Because it's not, it's not sad. I mean, there's hope. There's hope in there, and and that's I think what you, you guys are trying to do. Um, uh, I, I know that a lot of what you do is uh, worship, leading worship, and going to conferences. I know you were in, in Calgary uh, last year for One Rock, and you do Steubenville. You were in Toronto, I think, last summer too for Steubenville. Uh, any of that happening for you this summer? Yeah, so we've got uh, we've got some Steubenville conferences this year. Uh, we're going to be out in uh, Tucson, Arizona this year. We've got one one conference here in Alexandria, Louisiana, where uh, we're from. We're fortunate enough to yeah. have a conference right in our own hometown, so we don't have to go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. And then uh, sleep in your own bed. And then we're doing one on the main campus this year, which is really oh, good. that's always special because there's yeah there's a special spirit about being being on the campus where the conferences were born. Yeah, and, the real thing. Um, yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, World Youth plans for World Youth Day. Uh, we do, yeah. We actually don't have travel plans yet, which we're still working on. So we're trying to uh, we're trying to figure out how to get there. But uh, but we do have plans to go, and uh, we're going to be there. We missed Rio last year, yeah. and, uh, But we were in Madrid, and so we we feel like it's um, it's time. It's we try time. to we try to do it at least every other uh, World Youth Day conference. So yeah, that's good. Uh, so we'll be there in Poland. Yeah, that's good. So maybe we'll see you there, and and I'm sure people will be looking for you guys at the various Steubenville conferences. Um. The last, so even in this, I know we're doing, we're talking about it now, but it's, 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 it's a year old already. The album, so I'm sure you have other new, new projects coming down the pipes. We do. We actually have some really cool things that we're working on right now. Um, we're talking about a compilation album with, uh, with oh. several different Catholic artists 
who are um, we're, we're trying to put together right now. It's nice. very preliminary. Uh, yeah. We're planning on a writing session in April to write for that. Um, we've also got we've got some mass parts that have been um, okay. kind of sitting in the wings since the mass parts changed. Yeah. Uh, a few years ago, um, and so we're we're planning on recording those within the next year and. So, yeah, lots of things coming down the pipe. Oh, that's good. Now, do you think because you had such a successful Kickstarter campaign last year that you're going to continue with sort of that that model, or are you doing some work with other spirit and song (laughs) or other publishers? Well, I don't want to go, I don't like to go to that well too many times. Uh, Yeah. We've got, we've got lots of partners and friends that, uh, that are willing to, uh, partner with us on, on projects like that. And so, uh, we will likely, uh, do those things for now, um, and kind of reserve the right to do another crowdfunding thing later on. Cause I do like the support of that and, yes. and how it, it really makes you a partner with everybody that's, uh, that's listening to the music and, and praying with you. On yeah. This, on no, adventure, it, you know? it's true. You're right. Uh, for, for, you, you don't want to, I love how you, you put that. Not, don't go to that well too often, but, but for that special project that really people feel that they own it. I think that that's, that's when you, you go there. Um, Josh, that's, that's, right. all, that's all the time we have, but it's been really good having you back on the show and, and chatting, and, and hopefully we'll see you in World Youth Day. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. God bless. God bless. You can learn more about Josh Blakesley and the Josh Blakesley Band and purchase his music or the new album, even in this, at their website, joshblakesleyband.com. Here now is uh, the Josh Blakesley Band with that song that Josh mentioned earlier, Hope Comes Alive, from their new album, Even in This.
listening to the Josh Blakesley Band with Hope Comes Alive from their album, Even In This. And that concludes this special edition of the Salt and Light Hour. You can learn all about Salt and Light at our website, saltandlighttv.org. And when you're there, visit our show page, saltandlighttv.org slash radio. If you have any questions or comments, or just to say hello, reach out to me through Facebook or Twitter. Thank you for listening to this special edition of the Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. Stay.